baby where we started, now we on to something new. Let me introduce you to some of the fresh crew. Hollywood Jack, get a leader of the pack. Corey, I your man, Ramsey coming in stack. Robin with the Y, chilling in the nest. Holding down the crew, can't forget the rest. Queen of Queens, carrying, yeah, she taking no mess. Bring your A game, cause there ain't none less. Paco last man standing, yeah, you know how it goes. Rounding out the best, JV to the pros. Welcome back to JV to the Pros, Season 3, Episode 30. I'm Jack Vecchio with my partner, Corey, the Iron Man of Broadcasting. Corey the Iron Man, Ramsey. Corey, talk to me, talk to me. Holler at your boy. <laughs> Everything's good. All good with you? All good in the hood. We have had a wonderful, wonderful um, week at my house because Karen's daughter, Tiffany, they call her Titi, has been visiting for a week. And I'll tell you what, you want to talk about a great house guest. She is so, she is just so much fun to have around that. Like, we're literally thinking about stealing her plane ticket. And like, she's not going back. We're keeping her. You said she's fun. I'm going to She's a lot of fun. Ed McMahon. How much fun is she? <laughs> she is. She could find the humor and joy in everything. Like, we haven't had a negative moment in a week. Like every day has been laughter, happiness, giggle, and it's her birthday. She's 30. It's your birthday. And we're doing our 30th episode when she turns 30. It's your birthday. And, and I'll tell you something. You want to hear something kind of interesting? Um, Always. The day TT was born, uh-huh. I got my first real acting job. Oh. Just, and I hadn't met Karen. I wouldn't meet her for 20 more years. Right. But, um, I got my first real acting job um, on the day she was born, and we didn't even realize it until um, until we started discovering her birthday and how it coincided with my career, because I was doing a whole bunch of schlocky stuff, and then I got a real acting job, and I was like, oh my gosh, and then I find out it's on TT's birthday. Well, then, this sounds like a special young lady, so I She's have... She's a special young... Yeah, there's no doubt. I have one question. Let me, let me tell you something. Tell me. There is, there is a guy out there who I'm is going to... I ask that. He's, he, no, no, there's going to be a guy out there who is going to just be in awe. Like, when he starts dating TT, he's going to be... Like, there's a lucky guy out there that's going to win the lottery. So she is single. She that is single. Question. She is single and beautiful and funny and and playful and she's just so cute. She's we we love having her around. Single, beautiful, single, ready beautiful, to and very intelligent, and very intelligent. very well read, very well read. She loves those books. Loves those books. Loves those books. Of those books. You mean of Ethan Howard? <laughs> of Ethan Howard. <laughs> well, she's a fan. Like her mom, she's a fan of Ethan Howard. <laughs> well, then, TT, if you were listening. I will sign some books for you personally. You know, I, in all seriousness, I know, I know uh, Karen, producer Karen, has read your books. I don't know that TT has read those books, but I do think TT would enjoy those books. I'll sign them for her anyway. Okay, because I'll tell you what, you, we'll get some of those in her hand. I mean, she blows through books, but TT is just... Oh my God, there's a fun travel person, fun person to be around, fun person to have in the house. And she's just hilarious all the time. All right. So then you have just laid it out. I laid so it out. I, I have to say, we got to find a single guy that's around 30. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm just, <laughs> I'm married and I'm far too old. So I, I'm, I'm out of the running there. But I think I know of a guy. I might know. Is he around guy. 30? He's around 30. Is he talented? 
He's talented. Like talented Mr. around just 30? like Mr. Ripley. He's talented. Like Mr. Ripley, really? Yeah, like Mr. Ripley. So he is is he creative? I mean, um, is he creative? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is he uh, spontaneous? Uh, no. I feel like I'm playing. Like, what's my line? No, I keep going. To, <laughs> no, uh, she would need to bring that out of him. She would need to. She sounds like a spunky gal. Oh yeah, she she's need, she's something else, man. She would TT need to bring out else. that other side to this guy that I'm thinking of. And he's around thirty. He's definitely around thirty. Okay, and he would have to be very good looking because she's stunning, beautiful. She's um, look. She looks like her mom. So this guy, this guy, that I'm thinking of. All right, happens to be the last man standing. Oh, Paco. Yes. Paco. Uh, okay, wait a second. Paco, could you? He's looking at me. You know, He's got I, a deadpan stare. And usually, at me. And I, I looked over my shoulder and there's Paco not blinking. Like he's like, he's like, bring it. I thought you were on my side, Jack. Paco, did you, you've seen pictures of TT, right? Yes, I have. Okay, stunning, right? I mean, just gorgeous girl. Gorgeous, yeah, no doubt. Now, she's very funny, very clever, very intelligent. I mean, she's killing it in New York in real estate and insurance, both. Really? Oh, yeah. She's oh, killing it. Oh, my God. Tons of talk yeah, about Yeah, like that. everybody has to keep up with her. Like, she's a leader. So She's so, going to be the queen of Long Island before you know it. I think, I think you'd be in a riptide around her, maybe, because she might be just simply overwhelming she she's riptide yeah she somebody she got, somebody she have like a siren quality yeah, to her she has um she has incredible qualities about okay, her now let me now let me jump to paco's side of the street here that i think <laughs> yes she has all those terrific qualities yeah but i do think it does still come down to a relationship and so it's i say we put them together and let's see if there's a match you know what and here's the other thing is like tt is very loving uh-huh. Very loving person. Okay. Very all about family. And she has a heart like the size of New York State. I mean, That's just good because Paco yeah, is the <laughs> Paco is the size of New York State. Paco, you're a big guy, but you're a football player big. But uh I'll tell you what, here's what I'll do. We'll we'll douse this real quick, but um I will show TT. Or get producer Karen to show TT pictures of Paco. Um, you know what? I, I would recommend why not just bring them over? <laughs> Let them meet on, yeah, on the air. Yeah, on, well, on, she's on. coming back. Because I think people are always I think people are always better looking in person than they are in pictures. Absolutely. Oh, that's no, true. I, so I, I can it's hard to look really good. Yeah, in pictures. so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I would say But TT, I mean I showed you pictures of you know, Corey, she's beautiful. That's a good point you got right there. Yeah. So, I mean, are just some people are just more photogenic than others. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I used to watch. Uh, what was that show with Chuck Willary? Oh, uh, date. Uh, what was it? Um, blind date. It was. It was. Love connection. Love connection. Love connection. Now, That's don't ask it. me how I know this about Chuck Willary. His first wife was Joanne Flew. Do not ask me how, how do you know how that. The hell. <laughs> I know that, but yes, Joanne Flug was his first. Wow, how funny I, is I'm that? I'm telling you, my mother was People Magazine. I got so much information from her. I so regret having never met her. Yes. Because I would have spent weeks at a time. We'd have her, her here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, I would have just been in love with her all the yeah, time. Totally. I mean, just Burt Reynolds. The, yeah. the, we would have had so much fun. <laughs> Lee so, Majors. The, Lee right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I mean, I, I knew bits of information about Farrah Fawcett and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, she yeah. and I would have just played ping pong totally. all day long. She would have adopted you. Absolutely. I would have, it would have, you would have been the brother from another mother for sure. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, you already are now, but I mean, you're family. Yeah. But um, so Paco. So I, I, we're going to wait until TT comes back into town and then the show with producer Karen, the show and us, we'll, we'll just sit off to the side. You mean Corey. you have to wait for this Titanic meeting? <laughs> yeah, there's oh, a Titanic this, meeting. She's flying back out to New York tomorrow. She's got clients waiting for her. Oh, she's okay. got business days. Okay. She's got to leave. So she celebrated, she's, a, she's a working woman. She celebrated know? her birthday out here. 30th birthday. What'd you guys do for her? Um, well, we took her out for dinner in, uh, on the cove, on Long Island Cove, overlooking the water. Marine room? Um, Dukes. And she was hoping to see a sunset. And there was a coastal eddy. So we missed the sunset. So she's got to come back now. Okay. So there we go. And I think ah, if okay. it goes well, when they meet and we're all together and he takes her out on a date, there's your opening. Take her somewhere to dinner and then see the sunset. I think that's an excellent yeah. segue. I mean, you know what? I want you to do this. Get yourself one of those chef suits. And get and, you know, do the meatball <laughs> bit from Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> I don't think TT shared a piece of spaghetti with you until you kiss. She she's a good good girl. She's she's not one of those party girls you hear about in New York. So you know so here's you're gonna have to like come legit. You're gonna have to come correct. Yes, you're gonna have to bring it. <laughs> yeah, you bring it. Don't sing it. I like it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we'll all go out for a bite to eat. When she gets back in town. And let me say something really quick. Um, All of you know that the person who does the, our theme song is Dame Will. And that is, uh, you know, my boy and Robin's boy. Yep. So last week he was up at Kevin Hart's studio filming a rap video. Get out. No way. I saw that alert on Facebook. Way. How Absolutely. great is that? How did he get that? It's just no, no. How did he land that? Come old, on, his old man scored something. Wow. Yes. Nice. And we had a blast. And so uh, it's cool stuff. It's his first time. One of the things that uh, we are working on with young uh, with young Dame Will, as far as you know, uh, he's doing some rapping, and so you know he's been talked to about you know just being careful about you know like all of the cursing. Being careful about dropping, uh, you know, certain words that uh, some folks consider offensive. Yeah. Um, but looking past some of that, yeah, it was fun. I'll tell you what. I mean, the fact that he connected with Kevin Hart. Now, I mean, do you remember the first time you saw Kevin Hart? Let me be clear. It. Um, we were at the studio. We weren't like hanging out with Mr. Hart. I want to be real clear on that. And not uh, send them. So you were at Kevin Hart's studio. Yes, that's what so I said. So Kevin Hart the- wasn't in the studio. Yeah, he was not. He, he was not in the building at that particular time. Is it because they have a height requirement? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, this is a fun thing for him. He has, of course, you know, he's going to college and everything. But this is something that he's having fun and passionate about. And so I said, you know, pursue your passion. It's all about, you know, you earn money. So you can keep the lights on and eat. And if your passion doesn't necessarily pay for that, that's okay too. As long as you're doing 
as long as you're doing your passion, and I think that's what's important. Okay, well, yeah. all right. So, so we've got we we've got yeah we've got some some serious stuff to to talk about this week because um, I think I think that um, the drastic shift and you this is where you're going to have to do the heavy lifting. You're the military guy. You're the special ops guy. You are the elite. So. I'm looking at this Af Afghanistan. I don't know if you heard about this. <laughs> but, What's going on? <laughs> nothing really. They got a cinema. <laughs> well, let, me tell you, let me tell you in terms of uh, perspective of being a vet, in terms of how serious it is. And I'm sure many other vets, combat vets, got the same email. I received an email from the VA asking me if I wanted to talk about us pulling out because they've been getting an inordinate amount of phone calls from vets that their PTSD has been exacerbated, that there's a series of frustration. They feel like that their uh, time serving was a waste. There's all kinds of feelings. And that came to me last night. So there are apparently, there are a lot of vets out there that are feeling it. Well, let me, let me ask you something. The president of the United States, uh -huh. you know, 46, Biden, gets up there and says, okay, we've thrown a trillion dollars at this situation uh -huh. and we're no better off now than we were 20 years ago. So we're going to just pull out. And immediately the president of Afghanistan runs for his life. Yeah. I mean, he's getting out of there. And did you see the footage of those aircraft carriers, the military? And people were holding on to the landing gear as this thing's going down the runway. They're trying to leave so desperately. They're willing to hang on to the outside of the plane. Yeah. Those planes were pretty much full of people. And as I understand it from NBC, and that's my source, these guys were not seatbelted in. It was standing room as this plane took off. Sure. So this plane took off with as many people as you can put feet on the plane. Yeah. So they're desperate to get out of Afghanistan. Sure. There was not, oh, there's two exits in the back row, and we need to know if you can handle it over the wing. It wasn't anything like that. They just packed people, sardines. Well, well because you have to remember, though, uh, aside from the military and the American presence we have there, there were a lot of advisors and translators that we employed there. So a lot of those families are, you know, based in danger, in danger. Oh, yeah. But I wanted to mention this. And I think this is like the, the, the circle coming around. Those people that were holding onto the plane and that footage of them falling over. What did that remind you of? The falling man picture. The most like one of the most iconic things is one of the saddest 9-11 display. Right. Of people jumping. Because they'd rather okay. fall to their oddly deaths oddly than burn their alive. Shoes, by the way, for some reason, um, my cousin Dominic's a cop in New York. He said people were taking their shoes off then jumping. But I think the point is, the bigger point is, is that we spent 20 years there. And a only, trillion dollars. Yes, only to give the country back. Yeah, it's almost like we did all this and all the injuries, all the deaths for nothing. Because yeah. we have maintained our presence in Germany. We have maintained our presence in South Korea. Yes. We have maintained. Pre Why aren't we maintaining presence because in Afghanistan? Not, You're because, the special ops guy. Because Tell me. we do not have the intestinal fortitude that we did before. Do you know that in the second war of Iraq, so we lost, um, and I don't dismiss this, we lost probably around 2,400 individuals in the second uh, war in Iraq. You know, in one day at Iwo Jima, we lost 2,200 men in one single day. Really? Iwo Jima. Yes. That's the number. Wow. That's the number. Wow. 
And at the, and when the battle was over, we put the flag up. That you talk about an iconic image. There it was, finally winning, and we're putting the flag up. What I'm saying is, is that oh, that's we, that famous image yes. of them pushing the pushing the Hawaii, right? Okay, yeah. We don't have the intestinal fortitude. I mean, think about young people. And you and I laugh, but young people now they want their lattes, they want to be in the basement. They want to game. Right. They, there's just a lot of stuff. And I know young people are probably like, shut up, old man. Shut up. Shut no, up. it's true. But there's a lot of it that's this true. This lazy we entitlement. Can't, we can't handle it. Right. We right. cannot handle being over there. We should have stayed. We should have stayed and kept up. Now, here's my thinking on this, because I was thinking, OK, we have stayed everywhere that we've had a conflict. We've maintained our presence. Yes. The fact that we're not going to maintain our presence, I'm wondering. Is the Taliban so powerful there that we wouldn't be able to maintain a presence the there? The Taliban is uh, for sure powerful, but they wouldn't be making the moves that they're doing now if we weren't there. So in other words, if we were there, they wouldn't be doing what they were doing. So they're empowered by, the, by our lack of... But wait a second, of- we were there and they, they seemed to gain ground. Well, we were there. We were there, yes, but we were slowly pulling back. If you look at it in terms of what's going on, with this administration, and I know you, you, prior to the new administration, you love talking about politics, but I have not heard a peep out of you since the new guy has come in, the new guy and the new vice president, you've been quiet. I, you know what? I'm, I'm and it's very been can- a train. It's been I, a train wreck. I'm, I'm very candid about the fact that I'm not particularly impressed with Biden. And I, I kind of thought that, um, I kind of thought that Brian, uh, that um, Biden was going to, um, turn around and do some things that um, would correct or even overcorrect things that went wrong during the Trump administration. Uh, yes, I was angry during the Trump administration, but I'm not impressed with the fact that we're paying almost $5 a gallon for gas. I'm not impressed with the fact that we have havoc all over the place. I'm not impressed with the fact that areas of Chicago are still losing 120 people a day. Yes. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed with a lot of things. I tried doing. to tell you. So, yeah, I'm, but I tried to tell you. When the other person was in office and you thought that it was going to be this miraculous change. And I'm like, it's not going to happen. I thought there was going to be this swing of improvement where there was going to be this this level of of decorum and integrity. I just spoke to somebody today who is a big Trump supporter, by the way. But he said, you know, very candidly on the personality scale, one to ten, his his personality is like a one. He just seemed to lack personality he he as in biden or trump um this guy supported trump okay and said yeah his downfall was the fact that he just didn't know how to be polite well, see here's the problem we worry too much about personality and personal stuff and this is the stuff that i've been saying for years it doesn't matter if they're likable and we worry too much. Well, that's not true. In this life of television it's, and this life of, of where people are going to be in 30, 30 hour news cycles, if you're saying something that's a jackass statement, that statement will be repeated for 30 hours. And if in that 30 hours you say something else stupid, it begins to snowball. And I, Trump tended to you know do what? that. We had we had a president considered one of the best that we've had in 40 years falling asleep. Fall asleep. Which one? I'm talking about RR. I'm talking about Mr. Reagan and his second administration falling asleep. 
not paying attention. Here's the thing. All kinds of crazy stuff. There was no doubt about the Alzheimer's thing with, with Reagan. Okay. Reagan in his second term. There was a lot of talk because I have a friend who was a lobbyist in Washington and she told me flat out there was a genuine concern about his ability to be president. And there was a pretty sure assurance from people that George H was pretty much running things at that point. My my point is, is that when the previous president was in office, we worried too much about personality and it was all the stuff that they were reporting about this guy. Just stuff after stuff. And I'm sorry. And I brought it up. And I know our uh, biggest supporter, Jim, said, oh, you know what? The story will go away. And he's right. But look at Biden's son. Oh, Hunter. 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 Yes, and that train wreck. Could you imagine if that was Trump's son? What we would be hearing about? There would be front page news everywhere. Yeah, they, they, yeah. Trump, uh, Trump showed himself to be vulnerable in that he wanted the validation of the media. Once he once they found that out, it was like blood in the water for sharks. Mm-hmm. They realized he wanted them. And now all of a sudden they didn't want him. But also he didn't want them either. And he didn't care. And so now. Well, that's I, not true. That's not true. He cared because he wanted to be loved by everybody. Yes. And when and when and he sat there and said, oh, oh, when Biden is out somewhere, oh, what flavor ice cream do you have? But for me, oh, I get the hard questions. And like, yeah, you're the president for a time. <laughs> but I think after a while, he just didn't he just didn't care. And what I'm saying is, I think and I haven't done a poll, but I'd be real curious about uh, what Biden's approval rate is. You know, I haven't. And I heard that every month while Trump was in office. Right. I have not heard it in the eight months Biden has been in office. Because the media is corrupt. Well, the media seems to be protecting Biden. Of course they are. Yeah. I mean, it just seemed to be. I mean, and I'm not a Trump supporter, but but Trump was getting bashed very often. Yes. As he was doing things. And so what is the uh, what is the approval rating that he has right now? Paco, Paco do you have any ideas? You got some off the top of your head? Are you guessing or? No, I got it off the top of my head. Ready. What do you, right. got? Well, what you got? Well, according to what I read, it, it dropped below 50 percent, which is a forty nine point eight percent. See, yeah. See I, I think that might even be high. He's bailing water. Well, no, I, I think, I think still, that but he's treading water right now because I was guessing thirty eight forty. I was guessing 38, 40%. Not yet. People but, are waking up. I mean, but, this Afghanistan thing, wait as that sinks in. And Now, can this, you imagine you're at the United Nations and the representative of Afghanistan yeah. is in the United Nations in New York and he's a Taliban leader? Yeah. And, our, and our borders are a train wreck. It's a mess. Right. Now, I have but to say, I, 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 have you seen all the holes cut in that Trump wall? <laughs> These big squares are cut like they just cut holes in that Trump wall. <laughs> but, it's, but, you know, you hit on something interesting, though, about how porous our borders are. Yeah. So think about the well, let's think of the aftermath here. We got a we have a huge refugee crisis in its infancy. So here's my question. Do you think they're going to start, you know, uh, getting these Afghan refugees over here like what they did with the Vietnamese after they were already begun? They've already begun. They have begun bringing people over that were doing business with America. Right. They begin get, getting them out of there because they are in danger out right. of there. So so these people are, are claiming refugee, refugee status and they're doing everything they can to to get these people out of Afghanistan. 
And so, so let me ask you, do you think that our country can handle this with our resources being taxed enough as it is? And we just continue and we just folks want open. Border? Yeah, what are we supposed to do? Bring a half right. a million people in from Afghanistan. Yes. Here's the other thing. That's what Some of those people you bring in from Afghanistan are absolutely going to be moles. Yes, absolutely. Gonna that was my first thought, because for a moment sure. there, I you know that was like, sure. What I'm afraid of is, God forbid, one of these guys decides to suicide bomb themselves on the plane. Do you imagine the potential, just the consequences of that? Because you know what's going to happen. You know, they're going to sneak it's in. Gonna, a it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen, because I think that they don't uh, have TSA because the security, <laughs> because the security will be a little bit different as far as uh, with Americans on there. But I think it just in terms of what they're going to do when they're here. And look, we're having a problem as it is with this Delta variant because people aren't getting vaccinated. So we're bringing people flooding our country with poor people who probably also aren't vaccinated. So that's another whole and and, and let me about. point out that they're coming from a poor country without any resources. Right. And they're didn't basically I, didn't I just say that? Well, hang on. But they're showing up with their hands out. Yes. They're not showing up with sponsors. Nobody is sitting there saying, I got these people for three years. You That's know, not what's happening. Let me, let me Did go. you just say that? But we, yes. <laughs> but we, but you know what, though? As a country, but as a country, we want this, right? Because see, if you don't, and this is the thing, if you said, you know what, we should do something about the borders, you were called a racist. Here, here's the thing. If we don't protect those that did business with us in Afghanistan and get them out there safely. Uh -huh. If we don't do that, the next time we find ourselves in another country and we need some cooperation, people are going to say, middle finger you. We're not helping because look what you did to the people. But nobody's nobody's going to give us the middle finger. No, you think no, you really think so? Jordan? I don't think anybody is truly going to give us the middle finger. <laughs> if we try, there are two they know big that dogs need right us. now in that particular sandbox that are more than willing to give the finger right now. If, if they're if, not asking us for things, let's say, let's say we, we decided to make our presence known in North Korea. Okay, and, that's not okay, going to happen. happen. I'm just saying, exactly. Uh, no, 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 not going to happen. No, no, I'm picking a spot that we're not in. Okay. And then we need some cooperation from locals. What do you think the odds are the locals will cooperate? The Chinese we, are not going to let If we that screwed happen. over the people in Afghanistan, what do you think the odds are that you'd get cooperation? Your, your, your past behavior. Because I think the other countries, the other countries will understand. The European countries and our European friends will understand that. And so what I'm saying is people aren't going to give, unless you're an out-and-out -out enemy, but so many people depend on the U.S., nobody is going to give us the middle finger. It's not going to happen. Because well, at some point in time, they're going to need our protection. Here, here's the other thing. And you were right at the beginning of this. We are tapping our resources so thinly that at one point or another, we simply won't be able to support the weight. Yeah. You know, like if you overload a cart, mm -hmm. the, the rear axle will break. But, and, and that's what, what's going to end up happening. We don't have endless money. But this is what folks wanted. I'm telling you, this is what a lot of people want it to happen. Just open borders, just flood, just chaos, kumbaya, let everybody in, accept everyone, and that kind of stuff. That doesn't work. No, of course not. But see, if you That's say one of the that, things Trump said, you know, without borders, you're not a country. Right. But see, when he would say it, he was a racist. And anybody else who said it, they were a racist. Okay, so we agree. If Trump says it, he's a racist. But if anybody else says it, it's okay. So we agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, How ridiculous does that it sound? Is completely, it is completely ridiculous. And Corey, so, go ahead. Do you think in 
let's say the next 10, 20 years, we're going to be looking at the previous administration in a more positive light? Think, yes, absolutely. They will look at him in a different light. Because when you get further away from all that stupid personality stuff, which I keep saying is nonsense, you're going to look at his track record. The same way that uh, George W. Bush, oh my goodness, looks good now. I don't he know. Looks, I, I don't know that oh, he looks good. Yeah, he sent us into Iran for weapons of he mass is, destruction. Whoa, 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 whoa! We never went into Iran. We went into Iraq. 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 Okay, so we went into Iraq about the Iraq for weapons situation. of mass mass destruction, and clearly there were no weapons okay, of mass destruction. So let me help you out here. All right. When this country was allowed to go in and look for the weapons, it was eight. Months after Bush said he wanted to go in and check for weapons. So, what do you think they were going to do? Do you think that for eighteen months they're going to say, you know what, let's just keep the weapons here? Do you think they? The do you think they disarmed and and any evidence of I think them is gone? Them. Yeah, in months they moved. <laughs> where, them. where would you put that many weapons of mass destruction? Uh, where would need, you put them? You don't need many. You don't need many. You think you think these things were disarmed? Them? No, I don't think they were disarmed. You, you, I think they were disassembled. Moved. I think they so were. So you think they're somewhere? Yes, I do. I think that they were somewhere. Yes. Really? I, I think you cannot give a country 18 months to get rid of something. A country like that. No. What are you talking about? Nixon had 18 months to get rid of those tapes. He didn't get rid of them. <laughs> I mean, but, you're saying that's no, an idiot I, move. I think, no, I mean, I, I just think that the country is so, um, you know, uninformed uh, about that. And they're. I think we're misinformed. I think most of us get our. We get. No, I don't think we're completely uninformed. I think we're misdirected. I think for the most part, um, people are getting their news from the Daily Show. But I think you have to think for they're yourself. Get, they're getting. They're, but they're getting their news from sources that are unreliable. Okay, but. But here's the thing. It's a fact, if you look, that it was 18 months that the U.N. gave that amount of time. So, of course, when you go in after 18 months, of course, you're not going to find anything. Well, if they had weapons of mass destruction and they're coming for them, why didn't they set something off? Because do you know what would happen then? That would be the impetus for us to go in and completely smash the country. Okay, I don't think it's a weak argument if I say that Saddam had nothing to lose at that point. He sets off one of these weapons of mass, but none were found. And as much as they went through the countryside, there were none. And, and now the legacy is that we claim they were there, and that's on George W., that we went in there to get weapons of mass destruction and found none. That's fine. He was given 18 months to get rid of them. That's the part that the American people just refuse to acknowledge in their head. But I'm saying if everything's collapsing around him, why not set a couple of these off? And That's and a weak argument to say that he didn't have it because he didn't. The dude is a madman. And so to try to get into his head and figure out why he didn't set it off, who knows? But my point is... But you is think they existed? Yes, I absolutely think that they... See, uh, I, need, I need to see one. Show me oh. one. Show me somebody should have come across one. Okay. I know when they opened up that wall at his at, at his palace, mm -hmm. they found six hundred million dollars in American cash yeah. in a wall. I'm like, you talk about a wall safe. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he had cash and he wasn't spending it on weapons of mass destruction if he already right. had them. So you as the. Um Uninformed, misinformed, misinformed. Amer American, <laughs> normal then American. Think, then why do you think uh, we had the war in the first place? I think we had American. the war because Saddam Hussein.
put a, a hit out on George H. W. Bush uh-huh. back when George H. was president. I think uh-huh. he was, was he 42 or 41? Uh-huh. And Bush 41. 41. Uh-huh. And, and I, think the, I think that what George W. went to do was seek vengeance. How dare you go after my daddy? Instead of sending elite Delta Force guys to eliminate him or send drones, he just says, no, you know what? Instead, I'm going to start a war. I could do something a lot easier, plausible deniability. But right. no, you know what? Let me just have a war. Does that sound even remotely logical? Well, what was the, what was the justification for the war? What did we get out of it? In terms of what we uh, got out of it, we liberated a country. And the bordering country, Kuwait, if you've seen it, it's decidedly different than what it was. Because of what we did. It. Yes. Now, now, if we follow that blueprint into Afghanistan, what did, where did we go wrong? Uh, we didn't stay for the long run and we didn't have a president with the intestinal fortitude. Yeah, but I mean, we were there 20 years, longest, longest we presence we've but, ever had. But the, the problem is we didn't have the intestinal fortitude. Remember this, with Iraq, we made several pushes. We made a push more than once to eliminate people, to eliminate folks, to chase folks out. It got to the point with Afghanistan, we were just there, just kind of sort of hanging out. Right. Just well, we were out. effectively running the country. I mean, just hanging out. The, the government that we installed just, you know, was just there on cardboard, basically. And once we pulled out, it collapsed overnight. He's talking about Iraq, right? No, I'm talking about Afghanistan. Yeah, he's talking about Afghanistan. Afghanistan. You also have to so, consider that. So if we're effectively running things. I really think it comes down to if you have the intestinal fortitude to make the push to make the push and do what is necessary and we don't have it. Now, do you think the next administration reverses and goes back in? No, I think the next administration won't touch it. Right, because you I think they'll be scared. Yeah, I think they'll be scared to touch it. Because now it's a hot potato. I mean, just like in terms of with the border, the border's going to be So now we're out of there. Yeah, we're We're done. Border's going to be a mess for a while. We're grabbing everybody that that had anything to do with us and we're quote-unquote saving them. Okay. Right. All of these things that you were complaining about. Right. Prior to this current administration is still going to be an issue whenever the next administration takes over. But this here, this has been a train wreck. Yeah. As far as since these folks have come in. Now, we, now let me ask you something here. Now, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Respond to that. Respond okay. to what I'm I agreeing just said. with you. I'm agreeing with you on that level. I am agreeing with you. Okay. But I'm saying to you. With the advantage of hindsight, 20 years ago, do we, should we, are we just better off not going in there at all? No, we were right. Um, do you recall why we went in there in the first place? Went after Osama. Yes. Yeah. And so- And we found him in Pakistan. Bush, Bush gave Afghanistan five days and said, give him up. And they didn't. So we went in, which is the right thing to do. We were attacked on our soil. So it was the right thing to do. Absolutely. And, and, and one of the things I said, even though I voted for Gore, uh-huh. is I said I was glad when 9-11 happened that it was W yes. and not Gore in the White House. Yes. Because Gore would have handled it more velvet glovish. And, and uh, W just seemed like he was going to smoke him out. He was going after him in a big way. And he, he just seemed like he was pulling out the stops. I mean, when 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 he gave the state state of the union address and he looked up at that general and he winked at him and he said, you be ready. 
we are going to continue to go down this spiral. I mean, we're circling the drain and I think we're going to continue to circle the drain. I, I agree with you. I think we're, I think we're in, we're in greater trouble and we need, we needed stronger leadership this time around. Mm-hmm. We needed, we needed the decorum. We needed the integrity. We needed the intelligence. And we also needed to not make any bad chess moves. And I think Biden is making several yeah. bad chess moves. But, and he's not the savior we were hoping he would be. Well, I, I mean, come on. Well, I mean, you voted for him twice, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on. I'm from Pennsylvania. So those of us from Pennsylvania, we knew Biden. We knew all about him. Well, because Delaware. You know, you know, he's right next door. Yeah, I mean, we know yeah. all about him. So, right. I mean, we knew what we were getting. Right. And, and, I, and I honestly think, I, I firmly believe that, that, that Biden won because v- people voted for anybody who wasn't Trump. I think there were people that went to the polls and they would have voted for anybody but Trump. I think that he had offended and upset and insulted enough people that people said, you know, I don't care who's on the other side. I'm voting for them. Well, now you got it. Yeah. So now, now, so now, now look what you got. Like, yep, now is, look what you got. Now you get what you deserve. Looks like. <laughs> and then there's one last referendum that I'm going to say on this, that it's not just a president. Is it a movie reference? No, <laughs> it's, it's really just, it's really just how we are raising our children. And I think because we are raising our children to be weak, and I use the word snowflake. I think that's the problem. You know, I, and now I, we have all you're exactly snowflakes right. in the country. You're exactly with right. A voice. I just, voice. I, I just had a conversation with one of my nephews, uh-huh. and he was all upset with me because I was trying, I was trying to help. Basically, I was trying to help him man up. Kid's thirty three years old, and he's trying to tell me he's a grown ass man. And I'm like, first of all, you look exactly the same as you did when you were 14. Okay. And nobody 33 is still living at home with their mom. He's still living at home? He's living at home, doesn't pay any bills, doesn't pay for food. And he's even, trying to claim that he's a grown-ass man. I don't even want to hear I, what he has to I, say. Yeah, See, at exactly. That point, at that point, I would exactly. just Exactly. And I just sit there yeah. and I think, what makes you think, I drop you in the middle of downtown Detroit, you're dead. In three days. I mean, there's, you wouldn't know how to survive in a situation because you've been living on mommy's checkbook. He actually said that a grown, grown ass, ass man was the expression he a used. A grown and, ass and, man. And we haven't spoken since because I just thought, you know, he has and, no idea what, what a grown ass man does. And what, and what made him think he was a grown man? Oh, oh, because, because he's saving for a house and has been for like 10 years while living at home uh, as an adult after college. Yeah. And, and so he's a quote unquote grown ass man. Does he have a job? Um, he works for mom. <laughs> He's got a job. Yeah. I mean, he works for his mom. He does some other stuff. It, 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 here's the thing. I, the fact that I know what a grown ass man is. Sure my brother, know. Richie knows what a grown ass man sure. is. This kid is soft as soft. He has no idea what it takes to be a grown ass man. Of course. And, and it just, for those of us that are grown ass men, this is an insult. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, he falls into a large category oh, I know it. of, of 20, to I, 20, 20 to 35 year olds that have no idea. They think grown ass means, you know, I need more money. Yeah. I mean, who's living at home at 35 years old? And I tried to tell him that if you're saving for a house, here's what a grown ass man does. Right. He pays rent and yeah. puts money aside as a grown ass man. Right. That's not what that's not what he does. Right. And I'm just like, this is complete BS. Because he's scared of the real world. And that's what it is. He's not alone. What do snowflakes do? They melt. He's part of that whole generation. Yes. 
and and it does, they don't realize they think every time there's a problem in their life, mm-hmm. mommy comes along and saves mm-hmm. them, and that makes them a grown ass man because they have that they have that security blanket. Look, if you're a grown ass man, you never ask mommy for help. You're taking care of your stuff on your own, you know. And so, yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, you that, can't drop this. You can't drop this generation anywhere. And there's no Pat Tillmans well, that are in their twenties now. But it's going to get worse. Oh yeah, much, it's going to get worse. Much because worse. They're going to have children, and and true true grown ass men from other countries are going to see the softness, and they're uh, they're coming. I, they're coming. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. Yeah, having spent enough time in Europe, yeah, and other countries, yeah, they already think it. Oh sure, they already think. Yeah, it. Yeah, writing's on the wall. I'm yeah, sure. because if I if I lived in Europe, or if I lived in Asia, I'd be like, oh, easy target, easy and, target. Yeah. I'll tell you this, like I've been going to Europe um, just visiting since the 90s. And one of the things that the Europeans always laughed at us about, what? They, w- they would tell me about how much we care about sex with our leaders. So like they were laughing at us about Monica uh, Lewinsky. Yeah, about and, Lana, and yeah, they could not understand when I went over there. They were like, why is this such a big deal? They couldn't grasp it right what yeah. the problem is right and to us yeah it was front page top of the line headline news yeah for months and months and months and months and here we are what 25 years later yeah and it's still monica Lewinsky is still that name burned into everybody right. everyone knows monica Lewinsky was sleeping with the president of the united states mm-hmm. and embarrassing hillary clinton yeah. everyone knows that story everyone knows that but you ask him about about his foreign trade policy they have no idea about right. Clinton. <laughs> the Eskimo about his domestic policy, you know, Secretary of the Interior, nothing. They have no idea about any of that. All they know is that Monica Lewinsky performed oral sex on Bill Clinton. Yes. That's the thing, you know, and this is the same mentality why the Kardashians are super wealthy sure. and why their reality show is followed and they're and they're 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 constantly being tracked on Twitter and Instagram and, and their every move is important to people because they live vicariously through these other people. Say what you will about the Soviets, but they love themselves some Putin. Yeah. They love yeah. him. And this dude got a divorce. Like before he got a divorce, had a mistress. Right. Everybody knew about it. Right. No secret. I mean Nobody cares. And they will follow this guy off a cliff. Yes. Yes. And and he just took over Ukraine. Like, <laughs> like he's not he's not done expanding. He just knocked out a wall. He's, he's annexing. He's got a, he's yeah, annexing. He, keeps, he keeps annexing. But yeah, that's you know, funny. He's he's got an add-on going. <laughs> I mean, we just have to be, I mean, we just have to be careful with what we're doing. I mean, like all of this just like we want everybody to be to say the same thing and if you don't say it all this cancel culture stuff right. we just have to be we have to be careful yeah i, I, I you it, know it's 1984 all over again i'm talking about george orwell, orwell yeah and and it's a problem yeah i mean that that book i read that book it scared the hell out of me yeah i mean the idea that like everything would be going through machinery and now we're there yeah and you there. can't get a real person on the phone Right. To just speak to somebody. Mm-hmm. Although, although when you're waiting on, on like AT&T or something and you drop some F-bombs, as soon as you do that, your cue goes from 43 minutes to one minute. Like you move to the front of the line, you know, because, because they, that computer is set up that if they have somebody who's 
blowing out cuss words. They've got somebody angry. They certainly don't want them showing up at the office. So they'll take care of this over the phone. <laughs> so anybody listening, you don't have to curse at them. Just you could just you could just drop all sorts of f bombs, and all of a sudden you are next. <laughs> just be patient. Should we? Uh, should yeah, we, we take a break? Yeah, we, I, you know what? Are we fifteen minutes in? Uh, no, <laughs> we're about an hour and three minutes in. Are you kidding? No, not at all. That blew through, didn't it? All right. Wow. So I think we need to take a little break. All right. We did the dating game in Afghanistan. That's a combination. All right. right. JV to the pro is going to take a little break. We'll be back in about two minutes, guys. Thanks. Two. Two and two. Two and two. Is your small business, company, or corporation under a legal attack from a disgruntled former or current employee? It often happens where an employee decides to go for a money grab, hoping the business will just settle to make it go away. Well, this is wrong, and Paul Sorrentino of the firm Jackson Lewis knows this is wrong, and he consistently puts a stop to this method of extortion of businesses. Paul Sorrentino fights for you and protects you from sending out a message that you're an easy target. Paul Sorrentino is considered to be one of the five best attorneys in all of California. Many believe he might be the greatest labor attorney in the country. He represents individuals who may be getting taken advantage of by unscrupulous employers, as well as representing small businesses that might be wrongfully under fire. Paul Sorrentino of Jackson Lewis is the premier attorney when it comes to labor law. He represents several corporations that depend on his expertise in class action suits in which the corporation is being targeted. There have been times when opposing counsel has walked into court, realized they have to face Paul Sorrentino, and immediately moved to dismiss instead of letting the judge see that they're going to get shredded by Paul Sorrentino. Having Paul Sorrentino as your attorney is like having a legal superhero on your side. For any of your legal labor issues, call Paul Sorrentino of Jackson Lewis at 619-573-4900. And rest easy knowing Paul Sorrentino will take the best care of you. Call Jackson Lewis at 619-573-4900 and ask for the legal superhero Paul Sorrentino. Tell him JV to the pros recommended you make that call. And and we are back with JV to the pros, <laughs> season three, episode thirty, and uh, we're gonna let you know what we're laughing about because during the break we realized that we're more than an hour into the show, and I get I get a, I get a, a voicemail from Paco like fifty five minutes into the show because a couple of weeks ago we did the show on Zoom right. Yes. And we had to do it remotely because of our schedules. So we managed to get that done. And then Paco leaves me this. We're an hour into the show. Everything's going. And I get this message about 10 minutes before we went to break. Take it away, Paco. Hey, Jack, um, just a quick question. Are we going to be live again at uh, Corey's place? We're going to do well. Uh, yeah, let me know. That way we have the equipment here at my place. Uh, also, I wanted to talk to you about our uh, discussion about the... Uh, <laughs> He's sitting four feet from me. <laughs> How does he do that? So I'd love to talk more. He'd love to talk more. He'd love to talk more. He's four feet from me, 
and we're taking care of everything. Okay, you know what? That's that's, that's hilarious, Marco. Marco, you are brilliant. How did I, why would the immortal words of <laughs> he literally left that when we were at the fifty-five minute mark of the show? In the immortal words of the great Jim Rome, who I love to listen to, racket, <laughs> rack em. We have to save that for the yeah. Uh, yeah that's a best, best of clearly. <laughs> I'm sitting there saying we're going to break. Oh look, Paco just left me a message. He's four feet from me in the engineer area, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all right, you know what? That's too funny. <laughs> so where are we doing the show? <laughs> it's like it's like if we're on a road trip. When do you want to meet? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. You know what? You're already at dinner. You're already at dinner, and he's calling you. <laughs> okay, Paco. You want to leave me any more voicemails? I'll get him on the on the back half of the show. All right. So stop. Just you stop it and laugh. Okay. This is season three, episode thirty of JV to the Pros. What what what, what do you got? I'm, I'm, Where's my brother Richie when we need him? I'm gonna try to. <laughs> Um, oh, last, oh yes. I, got, I got some interesting. Please news. help me out. You remember, remember we had um, Anthony Nasso as a guest on the show, the professional pool player. Yeah, absolutely. Remember him? Yes. Okay. And he talked about the fact that in a 20 year career shooting pool, wow. he, um, he was the MVP 12 times, which was just unprecedented. Yeah, I mean, right? he's like the Michael Jordan of that. Right. Just ridiculous. Sport. He just called me a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. And you remember he talked about winning the Long Island Cup to compete in Vegas for the best pool player in the country. There are teams that have won this thing three times. There's one team that won it four. He just won it for the 12th time and is going back to Vegas for the $125,000 championship of, of the best pool player in the country. So, so producer Karen and I are going to go a couple of days out there, watch him do his oh, thing. Yeah. And you're more than welcome. You guys, you Robin. And uh, Paco, when's it going to be? I didn't invite you yet. Hang on. <laughs> How about I just leave a voicemail? It's it's about <laughs> yeah. It's it's um. Right when I get I, it off the terminal, I think it's the third week of October, and they're going to be in Vegas, and um, forty thousand rooms are going to be sold out already for the tournament, and the top, I think it's the top three thousand pool shooters in the world will be in Vegas that day. And these guys all walk around the strip and through the casino with their sticks over their back, like a gun. And everybody is, my fingers are very close together this close to challenging somebody else to a side bed. And there's thousands of, Dollars being dropped on pool tables as in the on the practice rooms. They want this to, is they insanity. want to challenge somebody like that. You're insane. You know what? This I watch Minnesota fat stuff right here. Man. No, no. I watched Anthony take somebody down for like twenty five hundred bucks. Quick, he just broke around, broke around, broke around, and then he spotted a guy in nine ball. And I think he spotted him the eight ball. So all the guy had to do was get to the seven and then shoot the nine. Yeah. And he's free and clear. If you understand nine ball, and Anthony spotted him the eight ball. And beat him again. <laughs> so, but but Anthony has also dropped some money to people that come out of the woodwork. They're from like Philadelphia, some pool hall nobody's heard of. And all of a sudden, this guy is shooting like sure. Tom Cruise and color money. Sure. So you just never know who you're up against. But Anthony has finished in this tournament 13th. He has finished 13th in this thing. And he's looking to break the top 10 and see if he can make a serious run on the final day. Not so true. congratulations to Anthony. But, but I mean, he's an extraordinarily good 
school player. Just, I mean, what did I build in this kid? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, beating his ass like that. It made him, it put him on a mission for the next 25 years. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So what were we going to talk about? All right. So just to wrap up, you know, I think we should acknowledge the passing of Pat Hitchcock. <laughs> Pat Hitchcock. Pat Hitchcock. Now, now yes. the only Hitchcock I know is Alfred. This now, is his daughter. Any relation? His only daughter. Oh, this is his daughter. Okay. Yes. Well, that makes it easy. Uh, Pat Hitchcock, she uh, passed away. She was 93 years old. Passed wow. away. Passed away in the His uh, greater, daughter was 93. Yeah, greater Los Angeles area. Whoa. Wow. Well, Alfred's been gone since 1980. See, and you don't think of him being gone that long, right? Because of his, his work. Yes. Because his, his work lives on. His movies are and just I, incredible. And I don't think of him being gone, what is it, 40 years now? 30 years? 30 40, years. 40, 32. 40, 42 years, yeah. yeah. So so I, I, that, I don't think of him being gone that long. For some reason, I got Alfred Hitchcock dying in the late 90s, maybe just as the turn of the century. Yeah. But, I mean, you talk about maybe the greatest, well, Spielberg, I think, would fall. But certainly in the, in the conversation of the greatest directors of all time. You know, it's, it's interesting. In conversation. You know, Jack, it's interesting you, met, you mentioned Spielberg. There was an article I read recently. Spielberg attempted to meet Hitchcock at one point. This is in late 75, so right after Jaws came out. So at that point, it was the biggest movie of all time. Spielberg was a student of Hitchcock because he grew up watching his television sh- series and all of his films. Right. That's how he broke into the business. He was a TV director first. Right. So when he tried to meet him, Hitchcock refused to be in his presence because he uh, can he kind of attributed to him to being a carnival hus- uh, carnival sideshow hustler. And he thought wait wait, he thought said him. So you got to so he yes. is Hitchcock thought that Spielberg was a carnival type hustler? Right. That Spielberg was a carnival That's type. right. Really? A lot of people didn't care for Spielberg in, in his early. in the world in the late 70s wanted to just get a moment with Spielberg. Are you kidding me? He was not very well receptive with the Academy. Case in point, in seven, when they announced the Oscars, the guy who played Chi-Chi in The Godfather, what's his name again? The guy who played Chi-Chi in The Godfather? <laughs> Guys, give me give me a break. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Wait. <laughs> There's footage of him. When they announced the question, okay. if you don't know the answer, oh, Wait, do you know, okay. oh do you my know goodness. the answer. Do you know I don't the answer? Know, like, let me you just... would like sound like you were challenging oh, me. Oh my goodness <laughs> gracious. Oh. All right. Well, uh, that's like can I just like, can I just like a teacher asking a question and you don't know the answer? Like, fine, omit that question. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get to my point. Oh my goodness! Oh, we thought you were already. We thought you already. No, 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 his point is on top of his head. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. So, so he was not well received with the academy. Not well received. He was not well received with the academy. When did Gremlins come out? Eighty four. After Hitchcock was gone. Yes. Because Spielberg did a cameo in Gremlins. He produced it. No. You know what? You know what a cameo is. I know what a a cameo is. So Spielberg has a moment during the inventions uh, sequence where the all the inventors. Okay. In Gremlins, okay. and Spielberg is riding one of those sit-down with your pedaling in front of you bikes, okay. and he cruises by while the scene is being shot, and he does a, a complete Alfred Hitchcock. I, I'm just wondering. Okay, all right. I'm just wondering how we got from Hitchcock to Spielberg. Right. Well, and so all right. So Spielberg, your point is that uh, Hitchcock didn't like Spielberg. Right. Is that your point? Yes. Okay. Much like Hitchcock was not well received artistically or creatively or critically by his peers in the in the in the in the movie business and in his time. Well, I think he was well received. I, I don't know if that's I don't know how true that is. I think because well, his behavior on the set was the problem and but, the things that he was doing on the set, which would be inappropriate. Yes, completely beyond inappropriate. 
So I don't know if he was like, I mean, he's always been considered great and revered and actors love to work with him. Well, I it was, it was everyone except it was Tippi a feather in your cap if you work with. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know how true. I don't know how true that is. Where did you get this information? I'm curious. Read Hitchcock Truffaut. Hitchcock Truffaut? Who, who? What is that? It doesn't even sound like English. Yeah, what it's is French, that? actually. So there was a filmmaker at around the same time named Francois Truffaut. He was one of the godfathers okay. of the French New Wave. Uh, well, wait, wait, wait. Okay. He was one of the. So Truffaut, I know who that is because you said read Hitchcock Truffaut. I didn't know. I thought that was a person or a movie. It was a book. Okay. In the late 70s, uh-huh. Truffaut, uh-huh. who studied and adored Hitchcock's films because they uh-huh. were very well received in Europe. Okay. He had an opportunity to meet and interview Hitchcock. Okay. And he wrote a book. And they were basically so Hitchcock did an interview with Truffaut and he wouldn't meet with Spielberg. That's correct. I'm losing a little respect for Hitchcock now. I, I, because that's <laughs> I'm, I'm still I, I'm still dubious. So go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. So you so Truffaut, what the Truffaut write? How, how old was Hitchcock when he died? Eighty one. Eighty one. Yeah. OK, so so he was born in 1899. 1899. Yeah. Wow. So go ahead. Go ahead, Paco. And so Truffaut wrote a book. We're, we're with you. He wrote a book. Hitchcock, sorry, Truffaut wrote a book uh-huh. about his meeting with Hitchcock. It was a long interview and talking about the filmmaking process and his decisions and all the shot compositions and everything. Because a lot of people study Hitchcock okay. now for you're, his... You're, you're just going off the rails. How am I going what? off the rails? Hang on. Tell this me. Is, tell on. us. Sorry. T- no, hang no, on. No, because... Hang on. Wait a tell second. Because you're talking about Hitchcock the man and what he did off the set and all his antics. I'm talking about him creatively as I'm a director. responding to you because yeah. you made the statement that people didn't like didn't receive he wasn't didn't, well received. was not well received within the community of the art and i'm saying community. that's not what actors say about him so i'm asking they're saying you, about it now but at the time hitchcock no at he, the he, time they loved him okay you have to understand there's a difference between you know winning uh, oscar award-winning yeah. films now are you and box you know, office answer the question I, I have never heard bad things about it yeah i same here and and i worked with old time in the 80s when i was on the uh warner brothers and i was at 20th and i was hanging around I never heard anybody say, oh, my God, I'm so glad Hitchcock's not around. Anymore. It's, it's <laughs> anything because of his creativity, because he was so great that he got away now, with do, things. Do you know, do you know what year High Anxiety, Mel Brooks, High Anxiety came out? Because I think it was in the 70s. And I know Mel Brooks um, talked about the fact that he had invited Alfred Hitchcock to come and didn't expect him to show up at the screening at the studio. And Hitchcock showed up. Hitchcock showed up at the studio, sat in the very back row, and all Mel Brooks cared about was what Alfred Hitchcock thought of High Anxiety. He didn't care about any reviews. He didn't care about anybody on Showtime or anything. He wanted to know exactly what Alfred Hitchcock thought. And Alfred Hitchcock sent him a case of wine from 1961, which was this really expensive wine that he'd been saving. And he said, I've been saving it for a special occasion and you are a genius. What year was High Anxiety? 1977. Right before he died. Mm-hmm. And all Mel Brooks, when Mel Brooks talks about it, he said, all I did was watch him. And I wanted to see that he enjoyed it. And that was all he wanted. For and that. then here's another question. Did any of these so-called people attach a name? Well, Mel Brooks. No, no, no. I'm talking about, oh, uh, talking about when it comes to Hitchcock. Yes. When it comes to Hitchcock and, well, we didn't like his creativity. Who, like, who said that? Paco. Is there any name Paco attached to it. that? Is Paco there any name? It. A single name? Paco. No. Said it. Okay. No. 
All right. No, is there a celebrity that said, oh, you know what? I, I'm so sorry I ever signed on to work on a Hitchcock film. The only celebrity that I have read that has said something that said that I will not work with Hitchcock was, was Doris Day. She's the only the only one. And she didn't go into why. So the speculation, not even speculation because of the, because of the grab, because of the grab ass and everything. Yes. Because it was a very much a chauvinistic set. Right. Yeah. And I get that. But I'm saying, but not because of creativity. Doris Day was American royalty at the time. Of course. So she's not putting up with that crap. You know, so was that a mid-Atlantic accent I heard there? Crap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the time that she did, because uh, the movie she was in was the man who knew too much. The man who she knew was too already, much. Uh, she was already Superstar. mega popular, right, right. By then, and she was America's sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, frankly, the studio was promoting her as an angel on earth. Yeah. So yeah, she was not going to put up with, with the grab ass yeah. on the set of Hitchcock. But Hitchcock's projects, the product he turned out. They were fantastic products. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you look at like no advantage of CG, no advantages of, of, of the special effects, no advantage of screen screen. And he makes the birds. Yeah. Give me a break. How do you make a movie like that without any of the special shortcuts? I'll tell you something too. That's very underrated about him is watching Alfred Hitchcock presents. Oh yeah. When he would walk into the profile. But I mean, his stories, the twist. Yeah. That yeah. he would have. I'll tell you this. I learned a lot. More so than I w- would have ever have learned in school. But by watching, watching Alfred that, Hitchcock right. presents as far as learning how to write. And, and learning I, how to twist the story. When I was a kid, I used to think how interesting it would have been to have a dinner between Rod Serling and Alfred Hitchcock. Oh. And just be a fly in the wall. Don't say a word. Just let them sit there and trade off. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't yeah. that have been? Because they were similar minded similar minded right yeah. i mean they they both had that way of thinking so, and you know rod serling he uh he passed away at only 50 oh spoiler alert all the stress <laughs> i mean all the stress well he also had lung cancer he smoked four packs of cigarettes a day he smoked while he shot the show yeah. he smoked at home he, he smoked when he was doing voiceover yeah he was Submitted such for your a, approval. an addict to nicotine <laughs> he no but he constantly thought that was a cute look when in the twilight zone and he'd blow out a puff of smoke but his wife said he smoked constantly yes and he had no um no aversion to just staying stocked up on cigarettes and i will tell you this um his daughter yeah is very friendly she is on facebook she will respond really yes now that's somebody we could have on the show i yeah i mean i don't know if we could get her but um that would be I've had, that would be a great opportunity. I've had some correspondence with her and she's just a is nice it, is, is it person. amazing that now now that we're graduating in the entertainment industry, you know, with us in the show and then, you know, Promised Land coming up and, yeah. and stuff. I, I just oh, I, I, I forgot to tell uh, Paco, you might not know who this is, but I, I just got um, a friend request. From Tim Matheson. You might know who Tim Matheson is. Whoa, really? Yeah. Otter? Yeah. I'm glad to meet you. <laughs> on Facebook. And I thought, that is so strange. Do you know who Tim Matheson Absolutely. Is? Tim Matheson did one of my favorite films called Blind Justice. And it was a true story about a guy who kept getting arrested for crimes. And it just was a misunderstanding. And the people in charge, the powers that be, refused to look anywhere else because they thought they had their man. If you want to see Tim Matheson remake himself to actually a scary dude, yeah. 
watch watch the show and I'm sorry, I'm just drawing a blank. No, go ahead. And I'm trying to think of the show. And it's uh, Burn Notice. Thank you. Oh, Burn Notice. Burn Notice. Burn, burn, burn Notice. notice. Right. And he plays a rogue CIA operative, and he's a killer. And he's a killer. Yes. So he's like Jason Bourne? He is one bad dude. He's not the star, but he's kind of like a villain. He is just, he's just a stone-cold killer. And it's funny, because I just saw him in a Netflix something or other. You, Paco, he's on Netflix right now on something. Um, and I just watched him. And I got to tell you, you look at him from Animal House. Sure. And now I look at him on this Netflix thing. And yeah, 40 years has gone by. Sure. I get it. But he looks honestly like he's in his 80s mm-hmm. in this thing. And I'm sure they're aging him because yeah. he's supposed to be a grandfather. What's the show he's doing on Netflix, Paco? Virgin River. Virgin River. That's what we were watching. And there he is. And I'll tell you what, even at, how old is Tim Matheson? Was he in the 70s? Probably 60s. Like but he, they're playing him older. Oh, uh, he is 73. Okay. 73. And his ability to sell a scene, his ability to be patient, because at that age, I find that uh, actors, older actors, mm-hmm. tend to speed through because they just basically want to get through their day and go home. But I, I, I'm watching him and he's taking in the scenes. He's taking in the lines. He's reacting in, in I, th- he's a very, very good actor. Refresh my memory. Wasn't he also in uh, Magnum Force? Dirty Harry? Well, yeah, he was. Oh, that's so I, right. That's, yeah. Look at your memory. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he play one of the mercenary cops? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting uh, with the with the mercenary cops because you had Tim Matheson was one of the guys. You had uh, the guy from Vegas. Can't believe I'm drawing a blank on him. Dan Tanner. Dan Tanner. <laughs> Robert was, Robert Ulrich. Robert Ulrich. And you also had um, uh, God, my mother loved him. Uh, David Soul. I was going to say Burt Reynolds. No, <laughs> no, not Burt this time. David Soul. Don't give up on us, baby. <laughs> David Soul. Yeah, David Soul. The big Soul. hit song. Yeah. <laughs> but he was, uh, he was, um, he was a, Hutch. Yeah, he was a, he was but he was a rogue, was he was a rogue cop. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you, you look at, but, but um, there's a movie I would recommend to you. It's called Blind Justice. I'll watch that. And it's a true story. Okay. And, um, the way the way that onion peels in that and i just i'm watching it and it's one of those movies that your stomach just tightens up because you're like like you as an audience member you know it's a mistake but this poor guy what he went through in trying to straighten his life out and he just keeps getting arrested here's a question for you uh going just going back to hitchcock because that's how all this got started yeah your favorite hitchcock movie I'm going to say birds. You can say birds. Oh yeah, I'm going to say birds. I I, I think I'm going to say it because when I saw it as a young as a young man, a young kid, really, I thought, how hard was this to do? And there's nothing that says no birds were injured while making this project <laughs> because it looks like somebody was taking buckets of birds and throwing them at the windows. Yeah. Like, hey, we can replace you. Yeah. <laughs> there's plenty in the guild. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. That's one of my least favorite movies of his. Really? Yeah. Do tell. Wow. Yeah. Why? Why is it? one? Of, I mean, I understand if it's not your favorite. For our why ESL one of your listeners, por qué? <laughs> it's not that I necessarily hated the movie. It's just that I like so many others. More, more so. Right. And yeah. we're and we're gonna watch um L- let me was think. Vertigo one of his? Yes. Yeah. That was okay. You and I are gonna watch Vertigo because I have it. 
Now I finally yeah, have it. And I've got it. And so we could watch I it. have a lot of Hitchcock, okay. and my, and including my favorite, North by Northwest. And that's the other one we got to watch. Cary Grant. Yes. Well, that's the other one I we got to watch. So we will watch both of those. Yes. And um, we'll watch them in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll have to. You know, we'll, we'll have, to make, have to do that. make some time and do that. Yeah. Um, have you seen those movies, Paco? Yes, I have. Okay, then you're not invited. Okay, so the problem... <laughs> you don't want to see him again. The answer should have been, boy, I've seen him, but I would watch him again. I, I love we'll have it. some yeah. pizza. That's a good film, and it's worth seeing again. Yeah. Nope, I've seen it. Yes. <laughs> Paco is in rare form tonight. Why don't we just hand the mics over to him? Yeah, um, quick question. Are we going to be live again at uh, Corey's Place? We're going to do... Uh, let me know that way we can get the equipment here at my place uh, also I wanted to talk to you about our uh, discussion about the, uh, he's sitting uh, four feet from me how does he do that so I'd love to talk more I think this is a good place yeah. to end the show because we're just having, we're just laughing and we're just, we're like, we're dying. Oh my gosh. We're bailing water here. We're bailing water. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paco, do you want to, do you want to say goodbye to everybody? Yep. Hi-yo. <laughs> All right. I'm Jack. Stop it. Don't make me laugh anymore. I'm Jack Vecchio with my partner, Corey, the Iron Man, Ramsey. When you say bye, do you say hi-yo? Do you say hi when you say bye? I don't say hi bye. Uh, no. Is that kind of like the Beatles? No, you no, say no. goodbye, I, I, I say, say hello. hello. Yeah. Hello, hello. Or, or like sometimes when I talk to Karen, does your wife do this thing where you ask her a question and she goes, yeah, no. No, she yeah, no. They, yeah. She does, yeah, no. And I'm like, what? which is it? Yeah. I go, I go, did you, will you manage to pick up some fruit today to get some apples? Yeah, no. I'm like, what does that? Yeah. yeah. I don't know what and that the is. answer is that, that means no. Really? It means no. But if somebody says, yeah, no. They say, they say, yeah, the, the answer is, yeah, I, I meant to. No, I did not do it. But I, I, but I'm finding that a lot of people go, yeah, no. Wow. Like, and they're acknowledging the, yeah. And then it's, no, I didn't do that. That chore didn't get done. And I sit there and I go, is it, is it yeah? Or is it no? Like, <laughs> All right. JV to pros season three, episode 30 and 30 is TT's birthday. So she is celebrating a birthday tonight. So um, JV to pros, I'm Jack Vecchio, my partner, my partner, Corey, the Iron Man Ramsey. Corey, you want to tell them the platforms we're on? We're everywhere, okay? You've We're heard enough by Spotify, now. Spotify, tune in. Come on. Stitcher. Listen. Uh, iHeart. Listen. Buzzsprout. Listen. Listen. We're basically everything that can be scattered as if Paco's trying to explain something. Yes. <laughs> everywhere that there is a podcast, you can find Jamie. Yeah. It, 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 you know what? It's no funny because I went into an office today uh -huh. and somebody had it on on Alexa. And yeah, you can... I can listen to it from Alexa. From Alexa, yeah. yeah. So, so they were listening to it in their office, and I went in, and I, I was like, I heard my voice. I'm like, Hey, that's Corey. That's us. Yeah, my brother listened to it uh, in the on car. Alexa. So, yeah. So that is season three, episode thirty. Paco, good job. You have a, oh, do I have another voicemail from you? <laughs> All right, we are signing off. We'll see you guys next week, and we thank you very much for listening. <laughs>